salud raza. ¿Cómo andamos, raza? Welcome to the inaugural Padre Raza Memes Podcast. Uh, my name is Humberto, compa Humby. I'm just kidding, but all my friends do call me Humby. Thanks for joining in. If you are listening right now, I consider you a real fan. Like, I started this meme page at the beginning of this season, and I wasn't expecting it for to get as popular as it did. So if you're listening now... I appreciate your support. I appreciate liking, commenting, sharing, reposting, everything, defending me against the Dodger trolls this year. Sincerely, se le agradezco a toda la raza. So a lot of people been messaging me, asking me, what does raza mean? Or, or what does viva la raza? Or what's padre raza? Or what does all that mean? La raza, in its little translation, does mean the race. But I don't, we don't use it uh, in that literal sense. We use it more as the people, we the people, we the community. So when I say Viva La Raza or Padre Raza memes, I say the Padres community, the Padres people, so we can relate. So yeah, that's the whole purpose of why I made this page. I want us, us to stick together. We're all Padres fans. We're all from San Diego. We don't need to necessarily be from San Diego, but... We got to stick together, kind of like what our, our captain, El Ministro de la Defensa, once said. Los Latinos, we got to stick together all day. Siempre junto. La gente siempre no quieren aguantar. Tú sabes. Imagínate. So that, yeah, that's why I love fucking Manny. Manny, you know, I take a bullet for that guy, our third baseman. He's our captain. He's our everything. So I just felt there wasn't something uh, like that out there, like a community, a sense of... Uh, padre Raza, so find like-minded people that agree to support the Padres. Yeah, so that's kind of basically what La Raza means. It doesn't exclude anyone. Like, anyone can be part of La Raza, white people, Asian. Anyone can be part of La Raza, not just Mexicans. So when people think Mexicans, but no, it's basically all of Latin America. I consider anyone that plays on the team part can be part of Padre Raza. It is more so an understanding of who we are, where we come from, our community, our culture, um, understanding of our struggle, having a pride of who we are, where we come from, our family. It's something special that I wanted to grow. I wanted to get that out there. So that's basically what it means. What happened, Padre Raza memes. I just came up with that, had a bunch of uh, memes on my phone, and I just wanted to put it out there because um, I thought they were funny. So basically what... Padres Raza and Padre Raza means. The reason why I want to get up here um, and talk and create a podcast, like I've never done this before. So me uh, coming out here and speaking and just speaking my mind about Los Padres is, is basically me coming out of my comfort zone. But a lot of people have been asking me like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this player? Or like, what about the coach? So yeah, there's a lot of things that I wanted to share and get that out there with everyone. So I had a few topics lined up that I want to talk about. Big news that happened uh, apenas the hiring of the new manager, but ste- basically stealing uh, Bob Melvin from the Oakland Athletics. It was kind of a shocker. There, there wasn't really much rumors about that. Like there were rumors about other people. Like I know that the Padres interviewed Ozzy Guillen. So there was a lot of a lot of rumors about who the Padres should get. The leading candidates at the time, we all wanted Bruce Bochy, but that seemed very unlikely. We had Mike Schilt. He had interviewed Brad Ausmus, uh, Buck Showalter. So yeah, there were a lot of rumored candidates. Um, we snatched him uh, from the Oakland Athletics. I don't really watch GAE's games, but or know what kind of manager uh, Bob Melvin is. But everything that I heard from online, social media radio everyone they all said it's it's a great hire i believe he was manager of the year three times we all know oakland the movie moneyball um they're a small market team they they use analytics a lot so so for the fact that bob melvin key came in organization was probably a mess probably bottom al west for him to turn it around and work with the little that they had, the little payroll, the talent, make make that talent stretch like a ninety consistently, like a ninety win team in AL West. Definitely looking forward to seeing what Bob Melvin can do. He does check off all the boxes. Um, experience, winner, knows a lot about the game. The players respect him. It'll be really interesting, and I look forward to seeing what he can do with this the roster that we currently have in place. Like I, I made the meme the other day with the old man with the Squid Games. Like like Bob Melvin was working with what he had. Like. It wasn't a lot in Oakland, and basically, he's getting the keys to a Ferrari, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Cronenworth. Look out, like, this is the missing piece that we needed someone where they can all just bring it all together.
together. I heard we also got the new pitching coach. I believe his name is Ruben Niebla from the uh, Cleveland Indians. Now the Cleveland Guardians. I don't know. I didn't like that name. But yeah, a lot of good things. Um, I believe it's Latino. Uh, habla Espanol. A lot of good things. Uh, Mike Clevenger coming over from Cleveland spoke very highly of Ruben Niebla. Very excited. Just knowing what he did, like especially like the, the example I can think of is uh, Cal Quantrill when we traded him. Uh, from the Padres to Cleveland, probably like a fifth, like a fifth, end of, end, end of the rotation type of arm. He had a lot of upside, but he was he was still learning. And for to see what he's become out in Cleveland, like I believe he had like a two ERA in the last I don't know what of the season, consistently starting going through like seven innings so just seeing him put all that together it's very interesting to see what Ruben Niebla can do uh, the new coach pitching coach he can do with the rotation I feel like finally the excitement is, is back all over again yeah like, yeah this was a fucking rough season but I look forward to seeing what this team can do with a new manager and and trying to get the best out of the players that we have currently have so we have a lot of talent there's no doubt about that there's a lot of talent up up and down the uh rosters i mean i feel like dodgers on the come down but padres will be there so yeah another one of the topics that i wanted to talk about was what went wrong for the padres in the 2021 season we had such high hopes at the end of the 2020 season where we made the playoffs for this first time and i don't know how long we had such high expectations. We had some injuries at the end, Lamed, Clevenger, that really derailed our aspirations. But coming into the offseason, like, we had aspirations of being a World Series contender. Looking back on it, we had a good-ass team in 2020. I honestly think that if Lamet and Clevenger, if they did not would have gotten injured at the end, that we would have gone on to beat the Dodgers in the NL Divisional Series, we would have beat the Braves in the NL Championship Series, and we would have beat the the Rays representing the American League um, in the World Series. Yeah, call me crazy, but we had a good-ass team. Like, Will Myers was hitting. If Will Myers is hitting two home runs, that lineup was so deep. We had everything that we needed. Like, the Diesel was hot. Manny was swinging hot. It all went down, came down to the pitching. Tingler, he he coached, uh, like, a beautiful game, that bullpen game, to clinch a game three of the wild card series. We just couldn't rely so much on Paddock and Davies and bullpen games to get us over the hump. So, and yeah, I know people like, I'm not making excuses. Like, yeah, we weren't there. We didn't have the pieces that we needed. But like, I, I look at this year and Dodger fans making excuses saying like, oh, like uh, Kershaw got hurt. Like Muncie got hurt. Like, that's why we weren't in there. Like, cut it with the fucking sob story. Like, yeah, so what? All teams have injuries. The Braves, they lost the best player in the league and Ronald Acuna. And look at them. They're still there. So, nah, don't. Don't come at me with that bullshit injuries and that's why you didn't win when you were supposed to win. Like that shit don't fly. The Dodgers have the highest payroll in the league. But I honestly think if they didn't get hurt, we would have won. We would have been there last year. We were we had a lot we were very hopeful. Like why wouldn't they? Like we had the future MVP of the league in Fernando Tatis Jr., a solid Swiss Army knife and do everything Manny Machado and captain, proven leader. Even without the additions of Snell, Musgrove, and Darvish, we still had those aspirations. When they came over in those trades, I felt, and I feel like Vegas felt at the time, like, damn, like the Padres are going to be the best team in the league. They're going to be World Series favorites. We, our position players are good. Like, we can match up against anybody, like, one through eight. We have legit starting pitching that can get us over the hump we 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 felt good coming into spring training because i thought that's what's what was gonna happen win a division coast into the playoffs i knew that everything still ran through la and thought that we were gonna have a rematch against the dodgers in the playoffs at some point like we were gonna be one they were gonna be two a wild card game that's what i honestly thought but when it started to unravel was literally i want to say around the all-star break and leading up to the deadline one of the main things that I noticed right off the bat was that the, the front office, the pitching coaches, the manager, the, the starting pitchers, they were all on the same page to have a very 
specific strategy because traditionally in a 162 game season it's a long grind so your starters throw six seven innings try to get deep into the game and the, the relievers will close it down at the end coming into the transition from a shortened season to a full 162 game season front office felt that the starting rotation di- didn't have the stamina at the time to easily the uptick in innings uh, pitches thrown and innings pit- pitched so they came up with the idea of to let the bullpen carry the load at the beginning and let them let the starting pitching get the endurance and stamina to later carry them over the hump and lead them when when it actually mattered in late September and into the playoffs. So the strategy was let starting pitching throw three, four, five innings, let them get their legs under them. Let's conserve them so that we can stretch them to the point where we need them. They didn't want what happened in 2020 to happen all over again where we overwork lament they throw a lot of innings and they break down on us when it really matters so yeah fine i get that at the time it was a good idea so that was a mentality they were gonna push us over the hum take us into the playoffs that's all good and dandy if it actually worked out but as we all know, that wasn't the case. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't expect all those pitching injuries and, and overtaxing the bullpen. Because I believe at the beginning of the season, the, the, the Padres bullpen, they led the league in innings pitch. Like, they were being worked a lot. They were being worked to their max. Like, night after night, relievers. Like, we wasted up Tim Hill so much at the beginning of the season. I feel bad for him that he broke down towards the end. So, it got to a point, starting pitching got injured, and we, we were left with no other choice choice where we we had to get bums off the street and sign them in crucial games like Jake Arrieta, Vince Velastex and getting pulling up randoms from from AAA. That's one of the first things that I realized what went wrong with the 2021 season was that the strategy that the front office incorporated with the starting pitchers it backfired on them horrendously. So yeah, that strategy, uh, you just can't sustain that for a 162 game season. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care who your position players are. It just doesn't work that way. The next thing that I wanted to talk about that I felt went wrong with the Padres was Tingler, the coach um, in general. I felt like he was put into a position where he had a rough from the get-go, pretty tough position. He was a first-time manager coaching a team that had World Series aspirations. So when he got signed, that was before COVID. So the the the, the thought was, hey, new coach, I'm gonna go to spring training, we're gonna do all this, we're gonna build up the rapport with all the players, and all right, we're gonna we're gonna walk him through this because the team is good enough where Tingler, if his fuck ups, they weren't gonna be they're gonna be shown. COVID happened, and that changed the circumstances of the season. He was giving the DH, he was giving the shortened game double headers he was getting the runner on second base and extra innings the season was adapted to fit the circumstances but when you play a 162 game season it's going to show your flaws it's going to expose things it's going to expose your the flaws in your strategy it's going to expose your weaknesses like the 162 game season it's a grind it's like no other in any sport like the nfl the what they play once a week it's physical yeah the nba is like 70 80 games a little more but baseball they get like one day one day off a month it's it's a different monster so the, the 162 game season so tingler going from a 60 game season to a 162 game season like the fact that it didn't work out this season like honestly i'm like he was still learning on the fly i just felt that due to the lack of experience he was put in a position where it was going to be really really hard for him to succeed if everyone wasn't on the same page and i was all touched touch on a, on a bit later a lot of people on the roster made it difficult for tingler another thing that i felt that went wrong with the padre was the whole veteran leadership but besides manny our capitan el Ministro de la Defensa, Machado, who were the veteran leadership on this roster? I can think of a few guys, but I want to focus more so two guys that should represent leadership in the clubhouse, and that's Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. I'll start with Eric Hosmer first. First of all, Eric Hosmer was brought in as a free agent from the Royals for that specific purpose to offer veteran leadership, offer the intangibles, because we knew at the time that he was a free agent. He had to put up career career numbers, and that was going to be an outlier. Like We know he was going to come back to realistically to what he was 
We knew that the numbers weren't going to be there in the new contract. This was, but we were banking too much on on the intangibles like leadership, clubhouse presence, clubhouse guys relate, speak Spanish. He's been a winner before. Prestige value. I remember. I believe Scott Boris is an agent. They they were preaching on that. Like we were banking too much on that. We overlooked the fact that if you're not producing, if you're not hitting, can't let the intangibles carry you over the hump. Because we all know that Hosmer quit on this season. I'm just gonna go out there and say it. Everyone was giving me so much shit for being a Hosmer defender and posting him and wanting. Yeah, I wanted him to do good. Like he is on our team. He's wearing the jersey. He has those cool sh- handshakes with the D. Manny, for the most part, yeah, he was a veteran on the team that younger players did look up to, but not so much as having your back. But when the rookies and the young players are struggling, you need that veteran leadership to get a big knock, to carry the load. But you need that guy to produce. And I felt that that Hosmer, there were a lot of young players that were that were looking up to leadership to carry them. There were some pretty bad losing streaks, some bad funks, and we really suffered. And that's when you look at your leadership to find a way to grind it out. And it just wasn't there for Hosmer. So it also didn't help that he was getting married this year, like posting about his wedding. So that's a lot of time and effort. Uh, that goes into planning a wedding, planning a bachelorette party, planning a bachelor party, your commitments, photo shoots, invitations, party planning, rental. I don't know. I just felt like the heart wasn't there for Hosmer this season. The other guy that I have a lot to say about is Will El Gallo Myers. Hey, I like Will. Will is probably the longest tenured Padre left on the team. If you look at when the Padres quit on Andy Green, I believe, in 2018 and when the Padres quit on Tingler this season there's a common denominator Will Myers was on both of those teams at the time so I don't know I just feel like if there's one bad apple it's just gonna ruin everything and Will he's got the demeanor he's a laid-back type of guy but when he struggles is not so much it's more mental with him when he's in those funks he's in those funks he just looks lost like you can throw him any pitch down the middle anything and he won't hit it he'll strike out on three pitches because his mind isn't right so i like will he got paid the Padres set him up long term financially for the rest of his career he's not gonna struggle he paid his dues but i feel but going forward i don't know if i want Myers and Hosmer back on the team. We'll touch on that a little later when I touch about roster construction. That's definitely something that sticked out to me with what went wrong with the lack of veteran leadership on the Padres this season. Next topic, trade deadline lack of acquisitions. That's kind of a biggie. I fell for the Ken Rosenthal tweet that said that Padres are close to acquiring Max Scherzer from the Washington Nationals. When when I saw that, like I I got had the fucking memes ready. Like I posted them. I had the the meme with um uh John Cena coming out. I had the meme with um Kenny was it Kenny Powers the the pitcher. I had everything. I posted them so. When I saw that, I, I ran with it and things didn't work out and I had to delete the, the memes like, fuck. We literally got cheated at that. Like, There's a few sources that I really trust on Twitter that if they post something, like to me, it's fact. Like I trust them. Like one of those is Jeff Passan, uh, Dennis Lynn from The Athletic and Ken Rosenthal. So if something's tweeted up by them, it's probably going to be legit. So that's kind of what kind of killed the morale of the team and the fans knowing that Scherzer and and Trey Turner were going to go ahead to the Dodgers. It just felt like the evil empire, like they have unlimited money, they have the highest payroll in the league. Like when are we going to catch a break? Because just Scherzer by himself, like that guy is a game changer. He's going to get the ball. He's going to go out there. He's going to compete. He's going to put the team on his back and compete. But as we know, like, Trey Turner, I felt that's what hurt the most. I believe at towards when the Padres played the Nationals in the beginning of the season, Trey Turner has been a monster. Like 
doubles, triples, home runs, stealing bases, legit defense, causing havoc on the bases. I believe he led the league in stolen bases. So when that happened, it wasn't the, the fact that we lost Scherzer, that was a gut punch. But to know that and Trey Turner was going to the Dodgers, I felt that's what really killed us. Because the Padres, we desperately needed a starting peach pitcher at the deadline at the time because we have Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Paddock was eh, eh. Lament wasn't the guy that we thought he was going to be coming back from the 2020 season. And Weathers was struggling. So we had a solid four at the time. But how are we going to get to the playoffs? We know that if we get to the playoffs with this four, we can we can compete. But the most important thing is how do we get there? We need a fifth starter to even get us there. We were literally looking at, hey, who can we get? We can get Berrios, some guy. And it all made sense that Scherzer was the best option for the Padres. But literally what it came down to was that AJ Preller wasn't willing to give up any of his top prospects, his top four prospects in any of the trades to to acquire a rental player in Scherzer. We, we weren't going to give up Mackenzie Gore, Campusano. We weren't going to give up Robert Hassel the third. I hope he turns into next Kyle Tucker. And they weren't going to give up CJ Abrams. So once Preller said no to those four players. There's a big drop off in talent. They're really top heavy in their farm system. So once they weren't going to budge, other teams were like, well, the Dodgers, they're offering all this and that for Trey Turner and Scherzer. Like it all came down to the Dodgers were more desperate to win. And once it came down to that, the, 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 the trade bro broke down talks when the the Padres and the players realized that there wasn't going to be any support added at the deadline at the rotation for the rotation reinforcements. It was literally a gut punch because the players, they were expecting reinforcements. And when the front office didn't supply them with the reinforcement, I felt like there was a lack of trust between the two sides. There was a lack of trust between the players um, and the front office. They had the mentality of like, well, we're out here battling, grinding. Like Tingler loves to say, the front office won't give us the pieces, the players that we need to compete or to win. Another thing that I felt that went wrong for the Padres th this season was the whole, the acquisition that we did, the main acquisition that we did get, the whole Adam Frazier pickup. And I can see why... AJ Preller went out there and got him. I believe he has one year after uh, one year left on his deal. The Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, they're rebuilding, so they were trying to get rid of him. The Padres felt that we can get this guy without giving up any what any of our top four prospects, which ended up being Tucupita Marcano and some other prospects. But I felt it that it created a logjam, especially in the infield. Like I feel like what a lot of people don't realize is the close knit bond that Profar has with the Thies and all the other Latino players like Manny, Lamay, Caratini. They're all the Latinos are all close knit. Like just look at the dugout. Like look at the dugout and see who's talking to who, who's hanging out with who, and you'll see who which players who they who they stick with. So when Frazier Adam Frazier came in, we knew that okay, he can play second base and sometimes we he can play outfield. And right when we got him, I believe he started off in the outfield and he he just looked lost out there. So that we were like, nope can't put him in the outfield we don't want him to get hurt so when you put him on second base where's jay cronenworth gonna play um is jay cronenworth gonna play first base is he gonna play shortstop he's gonna play outfield and i think i believe at the time that these hadn't been injured yet or maybe he had been injured but you had the question about where's that these gonna play uh where is if cronenworth plays first base where is hosmer gonna play you're paying him all this money so another thing is is profar like profar where's where is he gonna play and also where is Hassan Kim gonna play so it really created a break in trust between two sides of the team I I always kid around that like the like the white players they all are on one side and all the Latino players are all on the other side so there's two sides of the team so when Adam Frazier came up being score one point for the white players on the team <laughs> I'm kidding so yeah like uh, that these Manny they're tight with Profar so Where's Profar going to play? Is he only going to play in the outfield now? Where I know that Manny, he also, he became good friends with Hassam Kim. So Manny wants to see Hassam Kim succeed. The fans loved him. Manny loved him. 
Like, what is there not to love about this guy? This guy is out here trying to make the American dream happen, coming from South Korea. He just aspirations of taking his game to the next level. And obviously, like, it's a story you want to root for. Yeah, even though Frazier was the better hitter, better overall player, better than Profar and Kim, I felt that that increase in team dynamic, a team, it could have been applied somewhere else, like starting pitching or reliever and pitching. I feel like we have a lot of good uh, mid- middle infielders on the team because how bad Adam Frazier struggled at the beginning of the season because he was bad. The starting second baseman of the National League and we're like, bench this guy. And I just felt you could have plugged in Profar or Kim in that and you would have had similar or even better production than one Frazier was giving you at the time. We didn't need and Adam Frazier. I believe Profar, he was injured. So when he came back, you saw what type of at-bats he was having. He was taking quality at-bats, taking his pitches, getting in base, playing good defense, diving. He was doing all that stuff. So even Kim was doing that. The biggest knock on Kim was that he couldn't adjust to the major league fastball come over from korea throw a lot slower so he during spring training he was struggling hitting the high high 90s fastball and towards the end of the season you saw he was squaring up on those pitching hitting home runs so he was learning it got to a point we like these guys we want to see them succeed but i just felt like frazier to the pickup didn't make make sense it created a logjam it created some animosity between the players in the front office another thing that went wrong this season was all of the pitching injuries literally everyone got injured all the pitchers got injured this season let me look up see who got injured this past season just in the starting rotation we have chris paddock got hurt Weathers was hurt for a bit. Lament got hurt again. Matt Strom got hurt again. Morejon got hurt again. Snell got hurt. Darvish got hurt. Dan Altavilla. Michelle Baez. Castillo. Keone Kella. Drew Pomerantz. Like we paid Drew Pomerantz a shit ton of money as we signed him as a free agent to be a big part of our bullpen. Like he's gonna be a solid seventh or eighth inning guy i believe it was a four-year contract four-year contract lefty like i remember when he was on the padres i think he even made the all-star team but when he went over to the boston red sox he was just an average pitcher but when he made the transition from starting pitcher to reliever like he was he he unlocked a different level he was like a legit pitcher he was going to be a big part of our bullpen that it didn't work out all those pitching injuries they'll add up and knowing what we know now going back doesn't matter now but but if we knew that paddock was gonna get hurt if we knew that snell was gonna miss time darvish was gonna miss time we would have definitely added some pitching but it's just those type of things that you can never have enough starting pitching it's just one of those things another thing that i felt that caused friction was that the whole that these position change to the outfield that these initially injured his shoulder he hyper uh i don't know what the medical term was but basically it was popping in and out it was not his throwing arm it was his glove glove arm and his follow-through hand when he hits so it got to a point where i believe he got injured in spring training wasn't that bad and then he got he got injured again sliding and he was on the dl he missed i don't know how many games he missed but he was there for a significant amount of time when he came back from injury the Padres made the decision okay we got to put him in the outfield and I can see why they did it they wanted to protect him at the time we were still in the hunt for a for a playoff spot the team knew the front office knew that if the Diesel was out of the lineup they weren't gonna win so they were looking for any way to keep him on the field and if to minimize the risk of him getting hurt and if that meant him going out there in the outfield uh, less probability of him having to field the ball, then let's do it. But at the outfield at the time, you had Fam, Grisham, Myers, and Profile was coming back from injury, so he had another another person out there. And if the thesis is playing right field, where is Will Myers gonna play? You're paying Will Myers all this much money to not play. Is he gonna play left field? Where is Fam gonna play? Fam is struggling, but he. Can- gets on base grisham grisham struggling where's grisham gonna play are you gonna put that these in center field it created another logjam it created more problems than it actually solved i just hope that we're past that the whole that these position that these position change experiment that went horribly wrong raza every 
all these things that I'm mentioning single-handedly was not the reason why the Padres failed in 2021. It wasn't single-handedly wasn't the reason why why the season didn't work out. But all this shit, it adds up. Uh, what else uh, went wrong this year? Another thing that went wrong was we got too confident during the 60-game season. We got we thought that we could get by just by having high style and swag maybe on a short season a 60 game sprint it can get you it can get you through but not in a 162 game season that's why i say the dodgers won a mickey mouse covid not even a half season a third of a season ring because because 162 game season is a completely different animal another thing is teams have to learn how to win just because you have good players doesn't mean you're gonna win or they know how to win the padres historically have not been a good team i don't know what our record is as, as a franchise but i know we've definitely lost more games than we've won we've never been winners we've been a bad team for so long it's not even funny we now finally have an owner who's willing to spend money to put a quality product onto the field something competitive something that we can be proud of as fans but we're still learning how to win last year 2020 the shortest season yeah we got a taste of what winning felt like we thought that it was going to be a walk in the park 2021 and we were humbled it took us a while to realize that hey, winning's not that easy. Players are gonna have their ups and downs. They need to learn how to win. They need to find a way how to scratch out a win when you need one. It's hard. Baseball is a game of failure. So those are the things that I felt that I felt why the Padres. What went wrong with the Padres this 2021 season? So the next thing that I want to talk about is roster construction and heading into this offseason, I honestly think that with this new manager, we're close. I see a lot of people on Twitter, social media saying, nah, this, this team sucks. Like, we're never going to win. Like, all this shit. Negative shit. Like, people look at the teams playing now, like the Braves, the Astros, and you see all these mammoth players and how good they are and like the strategy. And people are like, damn, the Padres were like, we're so, they're so far off. From being that type of caliber team, being a World Series team. But I honestly feel like we're not that far. We are definitely close. So I'm going to go down the roster. I'm going to start off with the position players. And I'm going to say, I'm going to give my opinion on what I think about them. And if I think they're long-term piece or if we're trying to get rid of them. Or if they're a plan, part of our plans going forward. Leading off and playing shortstop from the San Diego Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. El Nino, Fernando Tatis Jr. There's really not much to say about him. He's literally the face of the franchise. Not just the franchise, he's the face of baseball. You don't pay a 22-year-old that type of money. Three, I believe it's $330 million, 13 years. And you don't pay him that much money and still think that it could be a gamble, that he still could be a fluke the legit thing i look at him on the michael jordan trajectory so let me pull up their stats side by side or let me look up their careers if you look at the amount of time that these has been in the league and look at michael jordan they're pretty similar michael jordan debuted at 21 years old and fernando tatis jr debuted at 20 years old so technically that these started earlier than Jordan. Like I watched that documentary during COVID, the 10 part, The Last Dance. And early on in Jordan's career, he was putting up insane numbers. He was, he was, but he was literally a one man show. Jordan, I believe his first championship wasn't until like 90 or 91. And he had been in the league. He had played five or six years before winning any championship before he had Scottie Pippen. So I just look at the these I look at him on the Jordan ladder, the Jordan trajectory to success. He's literally putting up legit numbers early on this season. Third and rookie of the year voting in 2019, he which he would have won if he had not gotten injured. Fuck Peter Alonso. He thinks he's the shit just because he wins home run derbies and had 50 home runs his rookie year. Look at him now. 2020 in the shortened season, Tatis, he was a monster that season. Fourth in the MVP voting. That's when Slam Diego was born. Swinging 3-0. Silver Slugger won the gold glove. Fourth in MVP voting. He did slump towards the end of the season, which cost him. But I consider that was his sophomore slump. A little slump towards the end of the season. 
but he was playing at MVP caliber type of numbers. And in 2021, and this year, yeah, he did miss some time due to injury. He did have some streaks where he was cold. To put up the numbers that he did and also consider the amount of time that he missed, that's still MVP quality numbers. The body of work for the thesis is there this season to win MVP. But to sign him through a 13-year contract and for him to be this good, this young, literally, we have Michael Jordan playing, the baseball Michael Jordan playing for the San Diego Padres. You don't know how lucky we are. I, like, I look at the whole looking back, the anniversary when the White Sox traded the Thieves. I look it back. I made a meme about Tony Wynn speaking on behalf of us, talking to the baseball gods, telling them, hey, the fans of San Diego, they've, they've struggled so much. They've been miserable. Please end their pain and suffering. Give them a new hope. Like, why not us? Every other team gets their moment of glory, but us, we haven't had that. Duh. AJ Preller traded a washed up James Shields because after Bartolo hit the home run you know it was all downhill from there we traded James Shields for a 16 year old or 17 year old kid that had, hadn't played in the United States at the time he was drafted and scouted out of the DR but he still hadn't uh, came to the United States the White Sox didn't know what they had he hadn't played a professional game yet in the United States at the time that trades is gonna go down as the craziest lopsided trade of all time. That's all I have to say about Fernando Tatis Jr. And the next player I want to talk about is my main man, Manny Machado. I fucking love Manny Machado. He chose to come to San Diego. A player of that caliber, what people don't realize because Manny Machado has such a bad reputation is that this guy, he's going into the Hall of Fame. We got a Hall of Famer in the prime of his career to play his prime years on our team i believe he debuted when he was 19 and he, manny was putting legit numbers gold gloves civil slugger he was doing everything in baltimore and a sign of greatness is longevity and consistency and right now manny is 29 and what i consider prime years of a player's career is like 26 27 all the way up to 30 31 32 depending on the position so manny machado is definitely still in his prime of his career i always thought of that these like that wild horse or that stallion or that fast car that lamborghini ferrari but manny he's like that class classic rolls royce fancy he's got style he got swag he's been there he's done that he puts his own flair to it he's money he's gonna make the tough plays he's gonna make the routine plays he's gonna make the he's gonna hit for power he's gonna hit for average he's gonna put the team on his back he's gonna come up clutch he's everything that you need and more he's your it's like your swiss army army knife fucking manny in the shift oh my god that shit's a fucking cheat code if manny doesn't win gold glove this year 2021 this shit's rigged. We gotta revolt. We gotta do something. Because Mandy in this shift, you see those plays that he's making, running, over-the-shoulder catch, into out in the corner, out by the foul pole. The plays to his left, to his right, coming in, bare hand. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Manny Machado with the glove is fucking smooth. Damn. We're gonna be looking back 20, 30 years from now and telling our kids, I watch... Manny Machado play third base for the San Diego Padres. It's just one of those things. It's fucking beautiful. Next up is my boy, Jake the Rake. Welcome to the Crone Zone, Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth. All the Latinas love Jake Cronenworth. How old is this guy? 27. He's single. He got curly hair. All the ladies love him. This guy's on top of the world. You look at him, he's kind of like a white chocolate. He's legit. He's a legit player. What I admire most about Jake Cronenworth is that he's a grinder. He doesn't really show much emotion. He's a pro's pro. He respects his opponent. He's never going to show them up. He's going to put down his head and work hard. He's going to do his job. He's reliable. He's steady. He plays every game. He works hard. He plays injured. He's your Charlie Hustle. He does all that and more. You need those grinders. They're going to try hard. When they wear that jersey, they're, they're, they're not going to give up on you. And you need someone like that. And the fact that the Padres were able to find Jake Cronenworth, a diamond in the rough. Tampa Bay didn't know what they had at the time. Fuck, they thought he was a pitcher. And Padres traded for him. They gave him an opportunity and props to AJ Preller for seeing that talent, seeing that potential, and seeing how it could trice it on the field. Jake Cronenworth, oh my god fucking love that guy my top three players 
Fernando, Manny, and Cronenworth. Those are my guys. That's the heart and soul of the team. Next up, then I want to talk about Eric Hosmer. Hosmer was probably the biggest controversy for me this season because it's just staggering how bad he was playing this season. I'm not a, a statistics analytical type of guy. I play the game. I judge talent based off what I see on the field because baseball is one of the most complicated games in the world. Not just because, just because how hard it is to play, but because how hard it is to succeed and, and stay in the league. The slightest detail you could be off and that could be a difference between a strikeout and a home run. It's that crazy that's why i call it the most beautiful game in the world america's pastime so eric hosmer he was bad this season how much is eric hosmer getting paid that's the thing let's pull it up let me see what his salary was 18 million he sent an eight year 144 million dollar contract can opt out of 2022 he's not it runs from 2018 to 2025 he's making 18 million a year so yeah the hitting was bad the attitude was bad the fielding was bad. Hitting the balls and hitting the ball on the on the ground was bad. It got it got so bad it got to a point that having Hosmer on the team, having him on the roster was hurting the team. But I wanted him to succeed. I wanted him to be good. I wanted him to be that clutch player. I wanted to see him scooping. I wanted to see him succeed. But he's gotta make some changes. You can't be stubborn and say like, well, this is what got me here. I'm a veteran, I'm a winner, I've done this before. I've been a veteran for blah, 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 X 10, 11 years. I'm just gonna do me and play my game. Like, no, you're hurting the team. It's all about team. Like Manny said to Fernando, it's not about you, it's about the team. What people don't realize is, is that playing for San Diego, like Joe Musgrove gets it. This guy knows what we San Diegans as a sports city, what we have suffered through. He's been there. He's he's lived here. He's been a fan. He grew up with this. And that's one of the qualities that I feel that anyone that comes here, player, manager, GM, executive, sorry for going on a rant. They need to know that about us. I've lived here my whole life, 30 years, San Diego. I grew up here. I've been a lifelong Padre fan my whole life. I was a Chargers fan back when they were the San Diego. They left us, so I'm no longer a, a Charger fan. Le voy a la Selección de México when it comes to soccer and the World Cup. And I've never seen my team win anything. So I've accepted losing as a part of who I am. And people tell me, it's just a game. Can't let it get to you. It's just a game. There's more to life. But these are emotions. Like people watch novellas or sopras or reality TVs or movies. Like this is my reality TV. These are people's lives. They all have a story. We're all invested. Why not us? So when people say that I get too emotional, they just don't understand. Basically, Eric Hosmer, hit the ball in the air or get the fuck out of here. Next. Adam Frazier. This guy was the starting second baseman for the National League at the All-Star game this season. So this guy, he's not a fluke. He's a legit major league hitter. I believe he has one more year left on his, on his contract, so he'll be here for 2022. Unless he gets traded, I highly doubt. He'll most likely be this next starting second baseman next season. But that's completely dependent on if Eric Hosmer is still, still on the team. Because uh, FAM's a free agent. FAM's not going to be back this next season. Next up, we'll Will Myers. Already touched on Will Myers a bit. I like Will. I think he's a good guy. Chill guy. Laid back. Plays an average outfield. He can run. When he can hit, he can hit. <laughs> but he just needs to put it, everything together. He was an all-star a few years back. Will Myers has been here a little while. We know what type of potential and what type of player he can be. Uh, just look at the uh, 2020 uh, NL wildcard game. Two home runs. So that's vintage Will Myers we, we can, when he can go center or right center. That's that's when you know his swing's going good. Like we we know that's that's a player type of player that he can be. That's the guy we we gave up uh, Trey Turner a while back with the aspirations of getting that type of player in the middle of the lineup. So next up, Trent Grisham. I love Trent Grisham. I like the type of player he is. His attitude. I like how he plays his game. I know he had a down year this season the year where he did the error against the nationals in 2019 i believe he got called up at the end of the season so 2020 was was more as actually his rookie season he had a really good rookie season he won the gold glove he has a beautiful swing he's left-handed plays gold glove caliber defense he's got that attitude that grinder that you want on your team so i don't want to trade grisham i say take next season as a fresh start 
work on some things during the off season, get better, get stronger, use this as a learning experience and be ready for spring training in 2022. So the last hitting position that I wanted to touch base on was catcher. So basically, Austin Nola, I don't know if he's the guy. He's 31 years old. He started catching late in his career. He's like a quiet type of guy. He's probably a great guy. Works good with the pitchers. Pretty average hitting catcher. I just feel like I need more out of that position. I remember I remember back in 98 when we had Carlos Hernandez. That guy, he, he played with a lot of passion. The catcher, he... They gotta be the cheerleader on the team. You gotta rally up the troops. Like you need, a, you need that type of guy. Look at Maldonado on the Astros. They call him Machete. That guy, he fucking throws someone out at second base. Everyone's Correa, Altuve. Everyone's fucking pounding their chest. Like ah, like we need someone like that. I like Caratini. I think he's a legit backup catcher. You could every fifth day you can plug him in, pinch hit. He's been pretty clutch this past season. But I would like to see either. Camposano getting getting a legit chance in spring training. I think I heard he had a good season in the AAA and or either look for someone else that can be more of a bat presence in the lineup. So some bench players that I want to touch base on that uh part of the roster. Um Hassam Kim. Um I love that guy. He'd be perfect more for like a rebuilding team, steady glove. Freddie Galvez type. We paid him a lot of money to bring him over from South Korea. So so there are gonna be injuries. There's gonna be days off for certain players he can play second base shortstop third base he's a good person to have he can pinch hit give you a little spark when you need it you know pinch run all those things i love hasam kim i hope that he gets more opportunities going forward next season another player that i like is profile we touched base on him already he's a major league player he's been in the league for a while he gets along with everyone on the team he's a fun guy good clubhouse guy last but not least this brings us to the starting rotation the starting rotation probably gives me the most headaches i think the pitcher for the padres this year team team mvp for pitcher Without a doubt, it has to be Joe No-No Musgrove. Joe Musgrove was a stud for us this season. He was that workhorse that you needed, you can count on. He was solid throughout the whole year. Probably had a few bad games in there, but he he's a San Diego legend. He's already got a mural uh, up of him for throwing the first no-hitter in Padres history. That shit was one of the highest highs that I felt as a fan in I don't know how long, like literally every you're counting down the outs. And the Padres have come close a few, a few times throughout the years, but it was fucking miserable franchise. Like God, nothing good ever happens to us. So just the last out, like that sigh of relief, that that sudden sudden joy. It's an explain it was an explainable high that every Padre fan I know experience at that day so that's probably one of the best memories i've had uh as a pottery fan in a long time so yeah thank you joe so yeah joe musgrove number 44 you can't write up a better story than that we just knew we had steady joe i don't think he missed a start this year maybe one or two but joe was steady as they can come out of all the pitchers snell missed time darvish missed time paddock missed time weathers missed time but joe i took my cap off to joe he i i don't know i think he didn't miss a start this year uh, i need to look that up but if he if, if he did he probably missed a one or two at the most we gotta sign joe to an extension obviously he's happy playing here get him a new contract sign him up long term like joe's in the prime of his career it's just one less thing you gotta worry about next up you darvish you darvish at the beginning of the year was all-star quality pitcher he got hurt towards the later middle later part of the season back issues i don't know what exactly it was after the all-star break there was so much pressure on the on the starting rotation due to the pitching strategy that had been that had been used for the starting pitching to carry us deep into the game so there was a lot of strain on you darvish on all the starting pitching uh, i want to say like july august to like pitch more innings get the extra out how old is he? he's 35 he's gonna be 36 next year i definitely do want him in the rotation i feel like he's a good veteran pitcher to have i just don't want to be relying on him so much like we need this guy every fifth gate to get us the win like i'd be happy with you darvish as a number three or number four pitcher in your rotation like it's good nice to give him the ball every fifth day but you're not expecting it's a must win game for you like we did this season so next up blake snell how the heck am i 82 gold what kind of crap is that 82 gold i fucking love blake snell 
Blake. He's a cool dude. I love his fits, his drips. That little run he had this season, back to backs, no hit bids, getting yanked out by Tingler. That's vintage Cy Young Snell. Like, that's the guy that we've been waiting for to be in San Diego when we first started for the Padres. I just feel like it took him a while to get used to his new surroundings. Like, hey, he liked being in Tampa, but he even said that he was comfortable there. Like, he was traded here, so it took him a while. And before he got hurt at the end, he was nasty. He's another guy that I expect to be in the rotation next year. Another guy that we're getting back from Tom and John is Mike Sunshine Clevenger. Like, honestly, I don't know what to expect from Clevenger coming back. I know he was a legit pitcher in Cleveland. I know we gave up a lot to get him. I know he's been a major league pitcher for a while now. I just don't know what to expect from him coming back from Tommy John's surgery if he's healthy. If he's a, if he's a healthy and 100% heading into spring training, and we can count on him to give us quality innings, hey, that's a plus, and it's another thing, one less thing to worry about. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Mike Clevenger just getting back to uh, spring training to see how he does. That was literally one of the lowest, not just my life, but as a Padre fan, was seeing Clevenger come off the mound against the Dodgers in a divisional series, and just that's being the nail in the coffin. That damn, our season's over because we don't have any starting pitcher. Like, it still makes me sad to this day. And other pitchers um, that I would consider is um, the Nelson Lamette. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a bullpen piece going forward for the rest of his time as a Padre or what the deal is with this issue. I know he's already had Tommy John, I don't know, once or twice, but it was, if he can't be healthy, like, we can't rely on him. We also have Adrian Morejon. I don't know what to expect. He's coming off of Tommy John Tamien. The bullpen, um, I'll, I'll talk about bullpen some other time, but basically you can mix and match plug-in we have a bunch of arms coming back from injuries so it's better to have a good bullpen from them so let's answer some questions now from padre raza let's see what i have to say i said i'm gonna give it a my first crack at a podcast drop your question i'll read them at the end of the recording all right so here it goes so the first one that we have is from Dubs 20 elise what do you think of that this not getting shoulder surgery <sighs> Yeah, it's one of those things that came up apenas where Tati said that he made the decision that he's not going to pursue shoulder surgery. He's going to go the route of rehabilitation, strengthening the shoulder. And I'm okay with that because he had a change of swing. He had a violent one-arm finish swing, and that was causing the shoulder to pop. But he modified his swings with a two-hand finish, and he's learning how to play with his body. Like when he first started came into the league he was like a wild horse wild animal that you couldn't contain he was crazy stunts on the bases diving and i think he's starting to realize that hey he needs to stay on the field yeah it would be a nice play with the risking but you can't be risking your body it's not worth the risk so he's learning to play with his body gaining experience he knows when to give a max effort when to get take a risk when to play it safe when it's worth it not worth it so he's learning how to play like that and i've always felt like surgery is the last option available to you we all know that this is a fucking specimen elite athlete not just baseball but but elite athletes in the world and he knows his body best and if he thinks that he can play get stronger but not needs a surgery i'm okay with that i really have no problem with him not getting surgery but let's say spring training or whatever this season it starts coming back up again but then again i but then i feel like you had your chance where you proved could show to us that you didn't need surgery but now we got to do what's best for the team and see if if surgery is the best option if it happens again it will be a bigger issue but for right now but for right now i'll give him his word because he knows his body best next question by chef e how much do you love Tony Gwynn, your fave Tony Gwynn story or moment? Literally, Tony Gwynn is my favorite baseball player of all time because he's a legend. He's San Diego's favorite son. They just don't make ball players like they used to anymore. Just the crazy Tony Gwynn stats by themselves, they're ridiculous. And to know that he played his whole career for one team, Mr. Padre, he wanted to be here. He took a pay cut to be here. He achieved all of this for us. That's the probably the highest way, the most you can do for a city, to show your love for a city. And obviously, uh, second on my list, favorite players for now, Tatis Jr. Maybe if Tatis wins a World Series and puts up legit Hall of Fame career numbers level resume, maybe he can dethrone Tony Gwynn, but it's going to take a lot. 
to dethrone Tony the Goat, Mr. Padre, Mr. Wynn, que en paz descanse. Next question. Gio Chavero said, ¿Cuánto por el Kia? Actually, it's not a Kia. Kia. It's a Prius C. And his name is Flounder. And he's not for sale. Next up. From underscore 999 Isaac. Talk about the Dodgers not making it. <laughs> well, what is there more to say? These losers, they played themselves. The Dodgers and their fans have been talking so much shit for so long. Acting like they somehow a dynasty. Like they've won it every year. But what do they actually have to show for it? They've choked a bunch of times. NLCS, NLDS, World Series in past. You name it in the past. I believe they choked multiple times in the World Series. They only have one 60-game COVID, one-third of a season Mickey Mouse ring in over 30 years. And yet they're talking about how they run shit up in here. SoCal, nah. They're not that much better than us, the Padres. They don't, haven't won much to show. The majority of the rings that they do have was when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers before like the World War II. All these little trolls online talking shit. We got rings. They weren't even alive to see the last time the Dodgers won a World Series. So when it comes to that, they're all clown. Players suck. They're fucking ugly. Dave Roberts is going to get fired. I hope they don't fire him. Their fans are trash. No class. Ratchet. Starts fights. Looks craves for attention. They got what they deserve. It's only going to get worse for them because this is our division for years to come. The Giants, they're a fluke. The Diamondbacks, no. Rockies, <laughs> even worse. It's going to be the Padres division for years to come. Kershaw's retiring. Kershaw's washed. Scherzer's gone. Seager's gone. They're not going to be the same team. Who are going to be your stars? Lux, Urias, Bellinger. Bellinger can't even hit 200. When all you have to show for is a Mickey Mouse ring, you're really that, that much better than us. So that's all I have to say about that. Next up, SkierBabe42 asks, Get Mario Lopez on. <laughs> nah, fuck that guy. Hey, que vergüenza, verdad? This is San Diego. He grew up here. He, he turns his back on us. He's turned his back on his community. This just goes to show what kind of person somebody is. So nah, I talk shit on that guy, pero pues, just for shits and giggles, like... That, that guy ain't shit. Next up. Next up. Damian Casa says, what should we improve on for next season? What players to target? Well, definitely I'd say sign a starting pitcher. I don't know what was out there on the market this season, but definitely sign a starting pitcher. Um, a fam's going to be gone. So I would say if you can afford it, the biggest thing that I would do in the offseason is try to move Hosmer or Will Myers' contract, preferably Hosmer, but Hosmer is going to be harder to move. Move a contract so it opens up more money. Yeah, open up more money. I hate to say this, but if you got to attach a prospect uh, to the trade to get rid of Hosmer, I say do it. So that's that's what the areas that I would target. We all, we'll have relief pitching. Our, def, our, our position players, we kind of know what's out there. The infield set, uh, catcher, we know what we've got, outfield. So just say, uh, look for some pitchers, uh, see who's going to bounce back. But we have a lot of pitchers that they have a lot to prove. So let them be go hungry into spring training and just let them battle for it. And it's, it should be a... It should be an interesting uh, spring. Next up, are you single? <laughs> no, if you saw my post, um, I got married this year. So no, don't even try. Next up, Andy Man. I think last up, Andy Man 619. Yes, how can we see it? Ask if people want AJ fired. AJ fired if we under 500 midseason. I hope that's not the case. But if we are, I think we should get can't. I think he should get canned right there. Under 500 is not acceptable. Like, that's why Tingler got fired because you, that's just unacceptable with that level of talent. That payroll that you have, it's unacceptable. So, yeah, I do think AJ Preller's on his last breath. Signing Bob Melvin was definitely a different direction that he's gone with the past, in the past, as compared to first time managers Green and Tingler. I feel like everyone learns from their mistakes. Preller's learning from his mistakes. I feel like call me dumb for being a Padres fan, but I have hope again. Like I knew there was one thing that was preventing us from getting over the hump. And if this manager is going to make us better, 
then I'm, I'm all for it. So next time I'll do another one of these posts, uh, just uh, ask, your, ask your question or I'll do a shout out and I'll read it next, next time because I have nothing else better to do. A heads up thing that I, I plan on doing this off season just to pass some time to, um, should, to make things more fun that I plan on doing the next few weeks um, is that I, I, have, I have a few boxes of Topps baseball cards that I've just been storing um, in my closet. I bought these boxes back uh, last last winter during the pandemic. I'm trying to get rid of them now because my focus is that um, I really want to get season tickets uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, some of the boxes that I have is um, 2019 Top Series 2 Jumbo, which has a Tatis rookie in there. Uh, 2019 Tops Heritage High Number, I have a ho hobby box. Also looking for Tatis cards in there. Uh, I got 2020 Bowman Draft. Uh, and 2021 Bowman. So I have a few boxes. Um, I'm gonna take some pictures of them. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to do is um start um get a website uh, up and going. So if you know anything about websites, uh, please message me. So I I have some questions. I never done this before, but I feel like I'm if I'm gonna do this, might as well do this the right way. Um, because yeah, like I want I want to build a good base. I want people to trust me. I'm not trying to scam anyone out of their money. I'm just trying to move that inventory so that we uh, we all can, we can all have fun this off season. Um, I open the cards. Um, and whatever if you buy a spot. So for anyone that wants to support my cause or are into baseball cards or trying to get into baseball cards, like when I first started, it was really intimidating. So many sets, so much information. So I literally just picked picked here and there what I liked. And so yeah, so basically, um, I'll have uh, an event for us a, a, a certain box that I'm opening. I'm gonna sell spots depending how many packs there are. So like, I'll post each box will have their information posted. But for example, let's say a box has 24 packs. I'll I'll sell 24 spots for that uh, for that box, and we'll randomize whatever pack person gets. We'll randomize that live so you can see where it's completely random. Um, I'll open the box. I'll open each pack, and whichever cards um, let's say this you get pack number five, whatever pack cards are in that pack, I'll mail you the the cards to you uh, with the address that you provide. So, hey, it's. I see baseball opening box like it's definitely fun. It's it's def it, I kind I kind of see it as gambling, because you buy with the hopes of getting something like a big hit. So yeah, like I'm not gonna keep the cards. Like if there's anything extra besides the packs and the cards, like I'll keep that. Uh, but yeah, if you buy a spot, you get a pack. I'll open it for you and I'll send you the the cards uh in the mail. We're gonna be opening the boxes on Instagram Live. But yeah, basically supporting my cause, supporting my page. I'm definitely trying to grow the page. So yeah, if you if you got a laugh out of the memes, the shit, all the shenanigans that we had, shit talking that we had this season, um, yeah, if you're trying to support my cause, make this channel grow, that would be the best way. So yeah, that should be fun. Like I'm not asking to do it, but yeah, if if you want to support, feel free to join. And yeah, like once I have enough for the season tickets, like I also plan on doing giveaways for let's say a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever game I can't make it. Um, I definitely want to do give back to you guys for us all the support. So yeah, I'd be, would be, I would definitely be doing giveaways, making this this shit fun because it's all about having a good time at the end of the day. You want to support a a fellow Padre Raza member? Yeah, you buy a spot for the box break. I'll make a YouTube video out of it. I'll give you a shout out. Your social media handle, the delivery fees, everything will be included. It'll be like a set price, like like. $10 per pack or 15 so depending how good the box is it might be a little higher or lower so we'll start off with something small but yeah I got into cards last winter during COVID and yeah it was fun for a while but um I'm I have I have other priorities that I want to do now so it something it'd be something fun that we would all benefit from it so yeah more information to become I'm gonna try to get that website set up I'll I'll try to get I'll try to get out much information I can about that but yeah that's what I plan on doing coming uh the next few weeks um definitely before uh spring training the winter ball uh, winter meetings so yeah a little bit of information about me my name's Umberto. Everyone calls me Humby. I got that nickname in Little League my first year playing major division. And I was like seven years old, but the, the range was from eight to 12. So I was like playing with older kids because my birthday, I guess the cutoff was August, but my birthday is in July. So I, I didn't make the cut for the following whatever. And my name is Umberto. And there was this kid on the kid on the team name was Gilbert. And everyone called him Gilby. And then I don't know the coach or someone on the team like, Hey, this guy's Gilby. Let's call this guy Humby. And literally that name stuck with me my whole life. Like, my mom calls me Humby. Like, all my close friends 
so yeah so yeah like i grew up playing baseball my whole life like my dad's been a baseball fan his whole life like i was i was born here mi papa's de guanajuato and my mom's from guerrero so they met here in the u.n san marcos night school english school whatever my dad grew up playing baseball soccer in guanajuato like there's a lot more soccer but for whatever reason he and my grandpa they like baseball and then when i was born like he loved baseball so he wanted me to put me in baseball growing up so i did all that starting off four years old at the ymca Played Little League, Escondido National Little League, shout out. <laughs> Played travel ball since I've been 10. All those tournaments, it's intense, man. I pretty much took it my whole life up until high school. Every day, every weekend, travel ball, practice, games, pitching lessons, hitting lessons. Like Southern California baseball, travel ball, baseball, it's no joke. I feel like that's why the majority of the top talent comes out of SoCal, Florida. Florida is the most competitive baseball being played out here so i grew up playing that uh, i went to cathedral catholic high school got done with high school i went to palomar college in san marcos didn't got my two years in put in my work transferred then i went went up to uh, ucla to finish up my undergrad so that's a little bit about me um i mean i grew up playing the game so i feel it's one thing to watch it, but it's another thing to watch the game. It's another perspective. It's another that not everyone is lucky enough to experience that. So I'm grateful for the opportunities that I had. Like we all had high hopes, aspirations of one day making a pro, but some things just don't work out. They don't work out how you want them to. But yeah, that's just a little bit about me. A uh, little a bit of my background. Um, and yeah, so that basically wraps everything up. Um, like again, like. Gracias por todo el apoyo. Like, I wasn't expecting any of this. Um, I remember, like, just I had, like, like, 10, 15 followers and, like, like posting, like, all day. <laughs> and, yeah, like, it just it caught on fire. Like, I'm not doing this to get famous or anything like that. It's just, like, it's baseball season. It can be rough on you. And and sometimes you need to, you need to laugh. Like, like me, like watching the game, I'm fucking all stressed out. Sixth, seventh, eighth inning, like fucking, like having a laugh, seeing something f that make funny that makes you laugh, it just eases the tension. And I, I've been getting, I got would get messages like, "Oh, thanks, man, keep it up, like appreciate it, all this and that." So yeah, like I don't know, like I feel like if I got inf I got memes, I got information or content, like I feel like I should share it with you guys because I love the padres, like. Literally, when the Chargers left, like I wasn't, I wasn't a big football guy, but when the Chargers left, like we only have one sports team, and and we just have so much history, and we just never won the big one, and I want to experience that. So gotta support the team, the highs and the lows. This season was rough, but we just gotta work hard this off season, put in the work. Like I see videos of. That these and profile out in the DR putting in that weight room trying to get bigger, stronger. Like we have hungry players on the team. And Dodgers didn't win it. It's gonna come down to the Braves. Most likely the Braves are gonna win. But I wanna win and I wanna win bad. We gotta be hungry, like all of us as fans. Like like we all have things we're dealing with personally. So we just put in the work, put in the effort, work on yourself, get better. And it's kind of like the off season. It's gonna be it's gonna be winter. It's gonna be a rough winter. But in the spring, we're gonna come out hungry. We want to win bad. We have a lot to prove. We have a lot of weight on our shoulders, and that's what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna step away, posting memes after the World Series. I'm gonna take a break, work on myself. But you best believe spring training comes around, getting ready for the opening day next year i believe opening day is march 31st we're gonna take this shit to the next level so that's how i gotta say it. if you're still listening hey you're a real you're a real friend you're a real fan we're gonna take the, we're gonna win a chip just gotta have faith rasa adios Fuck, 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 fuck
Fuck the dog, fuck the dog, yeah, fuck the dog.